Hello and welcome to Pyres and Sperling Unwired, a daily discussion about business, technology, and current events around the world. Featuring Jim Pyres, a career software privacy and mobile communication pro, and Ben Sperling, a leading professional in digital health and healthcare technology. This program is casual and non-rehearsed and may feature occasional guests or recorded interviews. Let's join Jim and Ben now. Jim Pyers from Escondido, California. Ben Sperling from Point Loma, San Diego, California. Welcome to the show, everybody. Um, today is MLK Day, Martin Luther King Day. Uh, home Kids are home from school. We're uh, working hard. Uh, ben and I have a show day on a holiday. But uh, what I, um, you know, I, I think back on Martin Luther King, and I, I really just remember many of his words and sayings. And uh, so t today, what I wanted to mention was read a book, read one of MLK's books, uh, uh, Testament of Hope, or I Have a Dream, um, and read the man's own words. Uh, he was a great humanitarian, one of the greatest leaders of my time even though um, I was pretty young when he passed, and, um, but, but I've studied him significantly. Uh, just a great human being. Highly recommend any of his books, but those two in particular, because it's mostly in his words, and I think that's important. And um, yeah, so happy Martin Luther King Day, Ben. Um, I do want to go into what our topic is today. Um, ben, I hope you're going to bring it because this is this this was Ben's recommendation. So he's taking oh. all it's all on his shoulders. Um, but w today we're going to frame up Amazon and we're going to talk about Amazon and Amazon in healthcare and how that relates to what's going on. And this is a very complex topic, but it should be fun and interesting. Ben has a lot of great insights here. Um, Everybody knows who Amazon is, so just some, a few facts to get started. Uh, founded by a single founder, Jeff Bezos. Uh, today it has over 600K employees, you know, massive company, almost a trillion dollars in market cap. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I've got my own stories about Amazon, but but I've been a prime member since 2001. I just looked it up. So I was very early uh, using the Amazon services. They are amazing services. Um, being able to purchase and return stuff without hassle for almost 20 years is pretty impressive. Uh, Audible is one of my favorite services. It's on Amazon. Uh, and Amazon really just improved it with their um, you know, with their with their acquisition of the Audible service, um, I worked on the original Kindle uh, when I was at Qualcomm. Assisted Lab One Two Six on uh, the development of that and WhisperNet, and so I was part of that. And um, Amazon's really brought mainstream cloud services to the forefront. AWS is really the the gold standard today. Um, but we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly here. And we're going to focus on healthcare. So Ben, why don't you frame up the healthcare piece for Amazon and uh, take us where you want to go? 
Ah, great. Thanks, Jim. Now, this is, yeah, I have been looking forward to doing this show because Amazon is, I mean, part of our daily fiber, uh, uh, fabric, sorry, uh, in our family because there's always an Amazon package coming daily. So, um, and I've been very interested in seeing what they've been, what they have done and what I believe they will do in healthcare. So, super excited. Um, I mean, I think it really, started a couple years back when they decided they were going to team up with uh, Berkshire Hathaway, JP Morgan, and Amazon to disrupt healthcare. And I've seen so many companies announce they're going to do some something great in healthcare that wasn't in healthcare before. And to be quite frank with you, I wasn't all that confident early on what they were going to do. I thought they were just going to be one of those me too's that you know, try to find to, to try to lower costs in healthcare for their own companies, and would it be game changing? So, uh, I wasn't a believer early on, Jim. So uh, I will state that that I believe I was wrong. Um, well, that implies that you're a believer now. So let ah. me hear let me hear some arguments on why Amazon and healthcare is a good thing. Okay. Yeah. I definitely want to. Okay. So pick your brain on this. Well, so let's let's be clear. Is it a good thing? I, I'm not sure if I say it is a good thing. It may be, but I, what I was saying is I wasn't. I'm a, I am a believer that they are going to disrupt healthcare. So that's for sure, in my opinion. So they've been very interesting about what their moves. So they first got together with you know you know Berkshire and and J P Morgan, and they're like, okay, we got this huge and our and their own. What would you say, six hundred thousand employees, right? So they got this huge pool of employees, right, that they need to provide healthcare for and try to lower costs. So that was a that was a, actually a great thing to do because what I think most Americans don't understand is that large companies self fund their insurance. So it's not like the companies just pay a a, a fee towards their employees' healthcare to. United or Aetna, who you know uh, the Blue, you know Blue Cross, and they kind of wash their hands with it. Um, all the companies, these large companies, typically over 500 employees, are called, you know, they're self-pays or self-directed, where they are have an administrator like United or Blue Cross or whatnot administer how their healthcare goes and give them insights of what programs they should do, and they process the claims, uh, medical claims. But it really, it's coming from that employer's checkbook, right? And so I think most people don't realize that. And so when well, they- Well, and in a company like Amazon with 600,000 employees wields a lot of power. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's given the power. Given the size of their uh, insurance footprint. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So have you ever yeah. heard one of your buddies say, oh, my healthcare is so bad, it's XYZ company, you know, and, and pick one. I don't want to call one out, but like- that, you know, it's typically the brand, like the, you know, a Blue Cross or a United or, you know, an Aetna, right? And they're, and they're kind of like, oh, it's, it's so bad. But it's really the employer that is picking the plan and things they want to fund. They get advice from, you know, you know, the large payers, what they call them, uh, commercial payers, uh, and, and they administer it. But really, it's the company that's deciding what they're going to fund and what they're not, Right. And so when you've got a big pool, you hit it right on the head, which is they have purchasing power. So they can decide whether they're going to pay for a wearable or pay for this procedure, 
and how much, and and they're given facts and figures um, from actuaries, but um, really it's their decision, right? And how they put together the plan. So they look at things like, you know, prescription drugs, huge costs, right? Specialty drugs like you know oncology drugs, huge, huge, huge costs, right? Um, preventative maintenance, you know, doctor's appointments, surgeries, et cetera, right? All these things, right? Chronic conditions we've talked a little bit about in the past, like diabetes or COPD, et cetera. Then they're trying to manage this. And so I wasn't sure what they were going to do. I knew they had purchasing power and they could drive down some costs, but I didn't know how they were going to do it. Now, this is what I've seen, what I've witnessed. So first big thing after kind of forming and being quasi silent about it, kind of secreted, is they purchased pill pack, okay, for greater than $700 million. I think it was like $750 million they bought pill pack a couple years ago. And pill pack basically packages, um, you know, pharmaceutical drugs, medications, right? And so yep. all of a sudden they're in the pharmacy space, pharmacy space, right? And so they're competing with the, the Walgreens, the CVS, the independent pharmacies, right? Uh, the Rite Aids, et cetera, right? Uh, and with their great distribution, like knowledge and expertise, Amazon, they now, in teaming with, you know, or buying PillPack, they now have access, expertise, and a service to really jump into healthcare and be disruptive. Because outside of kind of surgeries and stuff like that, you know, medication is a huge cost component in, in, in an everyday consumer's life for healthcare, right? So especially with so many people having a chronic condition and taking pills or something, medicine for it. So that was a really interesting move, but they didn't stop there, right? So after that, they make the announcement that, hey, look, we're, um, we're going to provide uh, televisits and, and clinics uh, for our employees, right? So having an employee health clinic is not a new concept. Most big companies, that, especially when they have centralized locations, do it, right? And so uh, Qualcomm had one. A lot of the big companies had it, right? And you go in. It's super easy. You know, it's in the building next to you or in the, in the, the bottom floor of your building, and you, and you can get your preventative maintenance or your flu shots or go see a doctor when you have strep throat. It's a really great thing of lowering costs, right? So that wasn't new. And them offering it to kind of this this joint venture, which was later called Haven Healthcare, which is you know Berkshire, um, J.P. Morgan, and Amazon. That wasn't new, but that was uh, that was that was part of it. Um, so I think you know doing that, and then they added a layer of telehealth, which is, or sorry, telemedicine, which is these e-visits through you know a web camera on your laptop or your or your smartphone, and being able to get a visit and a doctor instead of having it to leave your home or your office. Now, what's likely to happen is that um, Amazon will likely buy uh, a major player in that space, right? And it will be a Teladoc or an MD Live or whatnot. But basically, they'll um, they'll pick up that asset and and relabel it into under the either the Haven Healthcare or 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 Prime uh, Prime Healthcare, which they've also branded. So one, you see, Amazon's making acquisitions. So you you talked about pill pack. You talked about potential future 
you know, buying the pieces to put together a telehealth solution or, you know, building their own. They obviously have the resources to kind of do any of those things. Um, you, you know, one of the things, you know, their tremendous distribution capabilities, which they do for consumer goods. Um, I think it would be interesting for the listeners if you talked a little bit about DMEs and how and what role you see Amazon and DMEs playing. Uh, because if you look at, you know, healthcare solutions, m- you know, many of them remotely get delivered through these, uh, their specialized networks, their specialized distribution networks for healthcare, and they're called, uh, you know, DMEs. How do you see that segment evolving? Is that Amazon's real play here, or is that just part of the puzzle? So anyway, I think that'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, so DME's durable medical equipment um, is typically, you can call it metal, heavy metal, um, but it's it's a device um, or a solution that would be that you would you would have, and it could be a a respirator or a ventilator that you need to help breathe at home. Um, you know, if you have cystic fibrosis or if you had COPD, a severe case of COPD. Um, those are big things. The other one that's most common as a durable medical equipment or DME is a, a CPAP for sleep apnea. So if you have obstructed airway um, for when you sleep, um, positive air pressure is pushed down your throat the whole time so it doesn't collapse and you get the right oxygen and you sleep well. Um, CPAPs are very, very common uh, in the U.S. That's a, a, a very popular DME. Uh, ResMed and Philips are the industry leaders in, in, in providing CPAP and, and sleep, sleep services. Um, those are interesting. They're prescribed by your doctor. Um, you know, typically they've been in a, you've been to a sleep lab to, to get diagnosed and they fit you with, uh, you know, a mask to wear every night um, to provide, you know, the positive air pressure. Um, they're distributed by those, right? So it's been a lot of mom and pop uh, or regional, you know, DME players that are providing these type of services, these type of equipment and supplies. And so, um, and they used to pay very handsomely, insurance used to pay very handsomely for these things, uh, for the devices, for the service, for the supplies. Um, there's been a lot of price pressure in this area. And so there's been ac- large acquisitions in this space. Um, Amazon, I think, started in the providing the supplies, you know, things that didn't require a prescription. Um, And, you know, whether it was a a new mask to put over your face or on your nose or the consumables with it, they were providing those um, or pieces from the machine that if you lost um, and you needed it, that was a way of doing it. And then I think what they're doing is they're expanding into the durable medical equipment and they're using their their might and distribution to do it so it's um i could beat they could deliver it same day uh for some of these things and you know these are super critical for your sleep i mean i it's happened to me a long time ago i was on a cpap um you know fortunately i I had a, a corrective surgery for it but i was on a cpap for a little while and i went on a business trip and forgot the plug right i was hosed there was no you know i called around i called hospitals I called, you know, uh, retail pharmacies. Nobody had anything in that city that I could get for that night. 
Um, it sure would have been nice if I could have just gone into my Amazon account and just had it shipped to my hotel. That would have been a fantastic example of, you know, how Amazon can, it will and can disrupt this area, right? And provide the need, you know, fulfill the need immediately. Okay, well then also consider, okay, those are the durable goods that are getting, you know, shipped all over the place and that's very important, but these are gonna be combined with digital solutions. So how do you see digital therapeutics being distributed through similar mechanism? Yeah, absolutely. So there, you know, digital therapeutics is an interesting area and probably could be a whole show, but there's a number of different areas. So there's the digital therapeutics is trying to provide a, you know, typically a software hardware solution for a chronic condition. So the example could be diabetes, right? And so um, you could have a glucometer, um, you could have a, um, you know, a pump an insulin pump. There's a number of different devices, but then also the software to help drive it to read what your, you know, your uh, sugar levels are. And then in some cases, you know, automatically update the pump that may be continuous where it's, you know, it would have a needle in you and be able to inject constantly uh, to adjust your sugar levels. So I think what they can do is not only distribute these devices with, again, their, you know, leading logistics. Um, expertise, but also as they get more and more into healthcare and providing, uh, you know, healthcare advice, subscriptions uh, or prescriptions, they could actually prescribe the digital therapy too, um, which kind of verticalizes healthcare for them. You would just go to Amazon for everything. So one of the key things I think is interesting is that you know they bought PillPack, which I thought was a really good move for them and gets into healthcare and it's distribution, 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 so they're really good at that. But they bought recently or acquired um, Health Navigator, which was a company that would take you through kind of a symptoms checker and then recommend a provider in your area that you should go see, right? So you're going online, you're like, oh, I got the, you know, I've got, my stomach's hurting me, I go, which doctor should I go see, right? And it would say, oh, in your area, these are the ones you can go to. Well. Amazon could technically, now that they've done the acquisition, skew the results a little bit um, to shift share to their providers, to providers that, you know, fulfill at Amazon pharmacies, right? So by shifting share. So when I was at McKesson Corporation, that was one of the things we, we were looking at was, um, you know, they had retail pharmacy customers. They were a, a largest provider of uh, you know, medications, prescription drugs to pharmacies like Walmart and Walgreens, et cetera. So um, they were the supply chain. And so if they could help one of their customers acquire new patients or new prescriptions, it was beneficial. So if they could figure out a way to shift share from, let's say, somebody that was their competitor to Walmart, which where they were a large provider, it made sense all across the board. Um, for their for them and their customers, Amazon can do the same thing. Now they can shift share to providers that are going to say, "Go to Amazon to fulfill your your you know, DMEs, your digital therapies, your supplies, right? Um, you know, medications. It's it's a huge win for them, and it's a it was a actually I believe it was a pretty 
uh, low amount for the acquisition, not a lot of employees, but I think extremely beneficial. So I thought that was really good. And I want to double back to a topic that we, we were talking about, about uh, you know, these telemedicine solutions, the telehealth solutions where you're visiting the, visiting the doctor online. Right now, they are offering this free service to the Haven or the, the employee joint venture group. But I very easily see them offering that you know, to Amazon Prime members, right? As a, you know, you can file, we'll file the insurance for you to get, re, you know, if it's free on your insurance or if it's not, if you're a cash pay, you know, you pay your, you know, $50, $100 and you get a, you get a doctor's visit. And they're just totally just pushing you, pushing you to the Amazon healthcare platform. So I think that's really amazing. Um, the other thing I think is, is super neat is, and it's very subtle, is their Whole Foods acquisition. So you remember they bought Whole Foods a couple of years back, Jim? Um, I, I do. Yeah, yes. that's interesting. So I was like, oh, what are they going to do with that, right? And, and I was like, okay, well, what are they going to do with that in healthcare? Well, you're seeing a lot of, of these meal prep uh, or you know, meals that are sent to you at your home and you know, it takes you 15 minutes to prep or you just throw it in the microwave and it works and it, it's a well-balanced and nutritious meal, right? There's, I mean, countless of those uh, that have shown up. I've tried a couple, right? Um, but think about folks that have trouble getting out of their house, like that meals and wheels services, right? Or elderly, you know, like an elderly population. They could create these meal preps and then again, distribute through their distribution platform to people at home. So if I'm a, you know, a loved one, I wanna ship it to my parents you know, so they, they don't have to pr you know, prep their own food, I could have it sent to their door, right, that day. I mean, well, then why not just add the, the prescriptions that the elderly are on, because they all have chronic diseases, one or two at least, then uh, you know, you're, you're delivering the food and the prescriptions at the same, to the same place at the same time. Well, and then add the Trojan horse. The Trojan horse is Alexis, the, all the, you know, the Alexa devices, right? Yeah. Those home companions, like the, you know, the aging in place devices, you know, Alexa can remind you to take your meds. It can remind you to eat. You can order. You can say, Alexa, order my meal, you know, same as last time, you know, Alexa, my, I just measured my glucose level and it's this, right? Um, you know, Alexa. So there's so many things that they've done. They've got a nice Trojan horse, an AI thing to record, capture, and order, right? Again, it's a transaction. You know, Amazon is about transactions and distribution, right? Every time there's a, you know, a transaction, there's distribution most likely, right? So, but every transaction, whether you're buying pillows or you're buying meals or a service, you're buying Amazon Prime videos, they're, they're making money, right? And it doesn't have to be a lot. Prescription drugs, you know, companies like McKesson have their, you know, market cap of 200 plus billion dollars is because they're making a tenth of a penny off of every pill. And there's a lot of pills out there. Amazon is now in that game and just the meter, the cash meter is ringing for them. So this is a well-played first step and they followed it on very nicely. So I... I think they're, you know, and the other thing is they're using AI about us and home and our activity and our purchases online. Think about our purchases, 
and they don't have to be healthcare purchases, but it does say something about possibly our mental state. So you can tell if somebody's depressed by buying behaviors, right? And so that's part of mental health and mental health feeds into the rest of your health. So they've got great AI recommending product, products. They have AI to recognize buying behavior and they'll extrapolate, right? Uh, on you, leveraging things that you have information at home and also what you purchase. So again, they're feeding the beast, they're feeding the engine. So the other interesting thing is I heard Amazon's name um, in, when Google, uh, sorry, when Fitbit uh, was for sale, that Amazon could be a buyer of them. We know that Facebook was also in on that. Google eventually won that, that, uh, that purchase of Fitbit. But Amazon is, was in there. And so certainly they want to get even more data about you and your health. I mean, you were you were you were involved in some of the early uh, Amazon devices like, um, you know, the Kindle, right? Absolutely. And, yeah. So I worked. You know, it's probably some fun history about Amazon. Um, when they when they got into the book publishing business and they they created that first user experience where um, connectivity was transparent. Uh, typically, when you had any kind of mobile device, you had a plan with the carrier and you were paying them on some monthly service basis. Amazon was the first company to actually bundle the connectivity into the product itself. And it was very, it created a very unique experience. Uh, I worked on the, the very first Kindle. We helped them figure out which, uh, which, modem to put in which carrier network actually at qualcomm we we built the first version of whispernet for amazon helped them get it all set up so that you could have this great user experience and i'll always remember one of my friends who did get the first kindle and he was telling me you know how amazing it was that you could store every book in the world on this this little device because he could just go, you know, access any book he wanted. And there it was magically on his Kindle. <laughs> and I had to tell him, well, actually, the, the books aren't stored on your device. They're in the cloud. You're connected somehow to the uh, wirelessly to the bookstore. And, and when, you, when you access that book, it gets downloaded over the air to your, to your device. And he was just stunned and amazed because... He didn't even know that his device was connected. So that's, that's how transparent the service was and how it just auto magically worked. Yeah. And that that really changed, I think, uh, the thinking around user experiences to to a large extent. Do you think that, you know, Amazon is doing a lot of private labeling? They have Amazon basics for clothing and et cetera. So. Do you think they're going to private label or, you know, their, you know, medical devices, right, and have this connectivity? Because they obviously have the experience now, connectivity in the background, and you're not really thinking about it that it's, you know, riding 5G or whatnot. It's, it's no longer Bluetooth. It's just talking to the cloud, talking to an AWS, you know, cloud. Back to your earlier point, 
you have Alexa as a hub. You can use Alexa for collecting that healthcare data, for example. Uh, it can be embedded directly in the medical device, and there's many new IoT tools within AWS that enable this kind of, let's call it transparent connectivity that could make it very simple for the end user, the patient, the Amazon customer for sharing that kind of information. Uh, I think I think that would be a very interesting opportunity for Amazon to explore. I'm sure they are. And, and for there's medical device companies, there's uh, services that they're building on top of Alexa that are going to enable these, as you were alluding to earlier, medication adherence, dietary services, uh, you know, the meal on wheels, the, and, and then of course they have Whole Foods to be a distribution endpoint for many of those kinds of products and services for fresh, you know, fresh services, fresh drugs. I mean, why can't yeah. Whole Foods be a, be a place where you pick up your meds too? Oh yeah, I love that. So tying in kind of brick and mortar to you know the digital world, I think that's a that's a great idea. And I was I was thinking much more to your doorstep, but yeah, absolutely. If you can you can bridge the brick and mortar and digital would be great. I think there's well, other. Well, you want both, right? You, right. Yeah. You you want to have that place that's convenient for the the many sorts of customers that are gonna to to want to go there. But you were alluding to. People that are stuck in their home, may, maybe they have serious illness, maybe they're just older and can't get out as easily as they once could. Right. So, so I think bridging those worlds with with one solution uh, is puts Amazon in a pretty powerful spot. Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting that you, you know I, locally here in San Diego, if I want to return something to Amazon. I can also drop it off out of the box. I don't need a box. I can drop it off at Kohl's as one of the places, right? And there's I, that's really the only one that comes up online is Kohl's, if it's not a UPS store, right? UPS store, I've got to put it in a box and tape it all up. But there, I could just just take the material, you know, take it. If they decided that they wanted to partner with, uh, you know, a retail pharmacy chain or something that's in healthcare related, maybe you know, an you know, an urgent care in the area where I could drop things off, you know, and have that brick and mortar, you know, footprint too, kind of separate it. So when I do returns for clothes or stuff like that, I do it at, you know, I do it at Kohl's, right? If it's a electronic and maybe to an electronic store, if it's medical related, it's, you know, they partner with somebody locally that's, you know, related to medical, right? So I think there's, I think there's some nice partnerships they can have. Um, now, if I'm on the other end of that, I, of course, I would be cautious about uh, my partnership with Amazon, right? Uh, to make sure they're just not, you know, gobbling up more share uh, on my back. But um, but you make a good point, though, that they could also do um, some acquisitions in the retail space, right? Just like a Whole Foods, they could buy a retail pharmacy, right? And then have a brick and mortar pretty much in every, you know, every corner of town.
Jim, you with me? Can you hear me? Yeah, I, I was just saying, you know, um, adding in the expanding the Whole Foods footprint while extending the business to prescription drugs. That's seems like a pretty interesting thing. So, so Ben, up till now, um, if I listened to this show, I, I'd, I'd think, well, I better run and go buy some Amazon stock and, you know, to, to take advantage of their health care. So we've been pretty uh, kind and uh -huh. looking at all the positive aspects of Amazon getting into these different areas. Uh -huh. But they are one of the biggest corporations in the world. They're very powerful. Uh -huh. They're very political. Yes. So what is the let's try to, you know, we, we did the good. Let's talk about the bad and maybe even the ugly a little bit. Um, I just list, you know, I, I was just paying attention to some some news clips on some of Amazon's behavior. Uh -huh. And both you and I have experience in setting up ecosystems. You know, I, I set up a kind of a developer and carrier ecosystem for the first mobile app store. We did it for medical health care. We, you know, set up a device ecosystem yep. um, for, for an IOMT platform. Um, I, I did it in the, in the mobile laptop space um, and, and, and took that to retail. So we've got experience in setting up ecosystems and marketplaces. And one of the things... <laughs> One of the things I always felt was a marketplace has to be open. It has to be a win, 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 win for all the constituents. Right. I think what you're seeing with Amazon right now and the, the pop sockets, you know, you've got young kids. So do yep. I. Well, every kid has one of those pop sockets on their phone. And uh, my wife does, too. And those pop sockets have you know I, I've I don't know these numbers but I, I've heard they've sold like 150 million pieces of those things and so very successful business for those who don't know what it is it's it's a little round object that sticks on the the side of your phone and it, um, it you you can you use it to kind of stick it between your fingers and it makes it real easy to hang onto your phone in your hand while you're while you're uh you know, walking around. Right. So you don't drop your thousand dollar phone, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they look cool. They've got all these different colors and branding and yeah, so they're kind of fun too. Um, and kids like them. So I, I just, I've seen that the, uh, the leadership at PopSocket felt like Amazon was sourcing counterfeits. Once, once they recognized that the business was doing well, they start sourcing competitive products versus PopSocket, which supposedly has a bunch of patents and can protect their their invention. And um, and you know it becomes tricky because here's this open marketplace, Amazon's selling; they're a retailer. But then this this company that starts to get successful is on their platform. Yeah. So. So Amazon has the analytics, they have the data, they know what's going on with this business. They know the pricing. They, they know it, it becomes a situation where they can easily undercut and compete with 
which is effectively their customer. Right. Um, well, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe that's just business. Yeah, maybe that's I mean, just I mean, the way it is. And well, you know what? If you don't like it, you can go to another platform. Uh, there, there is that, you know, line of reasoning. Yeah. Uh, but, but there's another line of reasoning that suggests, you know, well, is that even legal? Um, are they going to run into problems given their immense success by claiming to be an open ecosystem, but then competing against their customers? What, what, what's your thought there? And um, yeah, is that a, a place to be concerned or, or, or not? Yeah. Well, first off, you know, I don't know if they have patents or not, but let's, let's say they do. Okay. They do have patents. And if they do, and they have issued Amazon a cease and desist, seem, you know, I'm no lawyer, by the way, uh, seemingly, you know, the damages, if they won court would be, I believe it's triple, it's called treble damages. But um, that seems like a dangerous game. Of course, they've got money and they can pay it out. Um, but it's an op- it is an open platform, which mean if it is an Amazon, it could be somebody else competing, right? Because there's lots of tools out there that tell you what's selling the best. You don't have to be Amazon to do that because there are analytics tools out there. No, but right. your 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 point is valid. If it's if it's company C competing against company A making the same products, that's not an am that Amazon's not necessarily getting in the middle of that. What right. they're doing though is they're selling it as an Amazon product. Yeah, that's that's yep. where I'm talking about a, a conflict of interest. Let's call it. Yeah, I mean you could not like it. You cannot like it, but that's business. And PopSocket could say, you know what, we're, you know, we've got the best product. We're taking out the platform, right? You know, probably shooting themselves in the foot. They're killing that channel. Um, but, and you could not like it. Uh, I could not like it, especially as, you know, entrepreneurs. Um, I don't see anything illegal about it. They have, they have insights and they're not warranting or promising that they're not going to do that. Whether it's, you know, a camping good that they could source, you know, a new tent they can get over in, in China or somewhere else or PopSocket, right? They are very much in private label land, you know, Amazon Basics, et cetera. I would expect them to continue to do that. Um, now, what they will have to weigh, Jim, is at what point do they alienate folks or they alienate enough people where innovative products aren't coming to their platform? Right. That's when they'll have, you know, because, again, they're transactional based. So kind of like eBay. Right. You know, every time there's a transaction, they get paid. So they're probably making bigger margins on their knockoff brands. But to a certain extent, they'll have to balance that overall. But uh, right now, I I probably, you know, fortunate or unfortunate, I think Apple or sorry, uh, Amazon is um, not getting a huge black eye in it. Hmm. So, okay. So you feel like those kind of business practices um, aren't going to hurt their business and probably are just, just how business works. Interesting. Well, okay. So well, I mean, it's, it's let, kind of let, like, I don't, please, you know, please don't take it that I agree with, you know, you know, that spirit of partnership. Right. <laughs> I mean, no. like, I mean, so you got to take it in context, like, you know, there's difference of what you would do and what, somebody else would do. Sometimes, you know, 
and I'm not saying this is morally wrong, but you know, there's a morality to it and there's a legal piece to it, right? And sure, it's so, ethics. It's ethics versus legality. Right. Know, exactly. Is, is it ethically a great thing? Probably not. But is it is it illegal? Well, also, probably not. It's competition and. Um, Hey, yeah, look, it, look, think about it this way. I don't want one company owning healthcare, all of healthcare, right? So Amazon is is being as disruptive as they claim they were going to be, and I didn't believe at first. They're being extremely disruptive to healthcare. What? Uh, and I don't want them to be the only people that is extremely disruptive, and I don't want them to be the solo winner of this, right? I want competition. Competition is good. Um, competition drives innovation. Uh, competition typically keeps people, keeps people more, you know, keeps each other more honest in things in some ways. So, um, you know, I see Amazon doing this, but I could see Google and some others creating a coalition or acquisitions or mergers doing it too, right? So, like, the one thing I haven't seen Amazon do, and they may be thinking about this, is much more on the life sciences side, the, you know, and drug development and, and all in gene therapy and, and uh, that side of it, where I see Google doing more of that, right? Um, with some of their acquisitions, Verily, and, uh, them the buying, you know, Fitbit, doing partnerships with, uh, with large um, health systems and getting access to their medical uh, records and doing analytics on that. Um, yeah, Google, so Google's another uh, another interesting topic. But if you, I don't know if you saw the uh, article the day before yesterday, Epic baby basically came out and said we're we're not supporting you know the Google platform. That's a huge blow. I mean, when I, I saw that, that was, and, I, and, and that's that's a trust issue. You know, back to my prime since two thousand and one. I never gave my credit card to any websites for for years and years, and the you know especially the early years of the internet. I just wouldn't do it. And there was only two companies that I ever gave my credit card to, you know, probably for 15 years. You know, the, being the uh, paranoid security guy, and uh, the, the the one of them was Amazon. So a Amazon and Apple had my trust, um, and you know after a lot of careful consideration so so i think amazon does have that trust to to that people would be willing to give some of that information to i'm i'm not sure if google has it. i'm pretty sure they don't have that trust um they sell your information it's pretty obvious that's that's their business model yeah. so i think it's i think it's a stretch for them to try to be positioning themselves into healthcare where yeah, but privacy they, they, and yep but they could joint venture also. I mean, they could lead a coalition of companies. They could they could buy a retail uh, a retail chain. They could pick up Walgreens. Uh, sorry, uh, Walmart, who's now gone into these clinics, prescription services. Right, that's a untapped market, and and layer and they could layer on there. So Google could have that play. Now, what's interesting is you bring up Epic, which is the uh, ranked number two, I believe, in market share for electronic medical records. I think Cerner is still number one and for hospitals. Uh, consumers may not know these names, but, you know, if you're in the healthcare space, you know these names. I mean, they are, you know, super brand names. Anyways, 
um, Epic basically, you know, rebuking Google's cloud um, is a big kick in the teeth. Um, and, you know, especially Amazon with Amazon Web Services can make a little hay with it, uh, right or wrong, because A, they've had a uh, HIPAA-protected cloud, you know, protect health, patient health information, what it's called PHI for a number of years. Um, I would say they were the kind of the first really in it to do that. Philips, uh, I believe, leverages uh, Amazon's AWS and Greengrass to build off some of their solutions. And Philips is a major provider in healthcare. Um, what I'm seeing on uh, the life sciences is at Microsoft is like a rocket ship and scooping up a lot of these uh, life sciences, people are doing drug development, pharmacy manufacturers, clinical trials. They are winning there big time with their AI and their, and their cloud. Um, so they have you know, advanced. They just named a new chief medical officer, David Rue, who, uh, Dr. David Rue, who was over at Samsung's Health for a while, their CMO. So they're making big investments. Um, you know, I had heard something about, and I don't know the whole story about Google in China and how uh, that wasn't going well for them, why some medical providers weren't um, aligning with them. Um, but, you know, as, for as much as this hubbub is, Google will figure a way out of it. I mean, Google will, you know, make the relationships they need to make and right sides this. Um, so, but I definitely thought that was super disruptive that Epic did that. Yeah, I was, I was trying to think, well, I was trying to wonder what those motivations were, but I think that's another, we'll, we'll, we'll go after Google in another segment. I think to stick to Amazon though, I, I wanted to come back to, you know, so we did the good, we kind of started to talk about the bad, but let's, let's go a little bit about more the ugly. So a couple things concern me about Amazon and their behaviors. Again, kind of get going down the ethical road here. The um, so the whole Wapo, the Washington Post uh, acquisition. You could look at that cynically as just a uh, it's a propaganda arm for Amazon now, and you know and propaganda arm for a certain point of view. Um, and I also think they're, they're cuddling up with the feds, especially, you know, the headquarters in Virginia, the whole Washington DC thing, the Trump thing. There's, there's a dark side to what Amazon is up to with their size and their strength and their power. And yeah, I, I think some of those things bug me when I think of them in healthcare. Mm-hmm. I mean, do I care about that stuff if I'm, you know, getting my toilet paper and my, you know, I don't know, my... Did you, uh, did you whistle for it? Exactly. <laughs> Not really. But um, but yeah. I think when you when you start to get into areas that are, you know, ethical by, the, by, by nature, mm-hmm. you know, healthcare, uh, you know... Is, is very important in how things are managed, how conscientious and competent and all those kinds of things, your products and services are delivered. And, you know, it's, it's, it's life or death in some cases. So yeah. not to be taken lightly. Yeah. And, and 
And, you know, so do we want those guys doing this kind of stuff? Uh, just, a, you know, a fun question to debate. Yeah, yeah. Now, look, hey, any look, look, first, any media has has power of influence. Right. And Washington Post being right there, you know, in our you know government epicenter, um, you could argue both sides of it. Right. You could say, hey, look, now they're in a position there. You've got a huge with this joint venture, you know, purchasing power, but also influence. Right. To shape and change healthcare, Right. Um, look, I want healthcare costs to lower. Right. Uh, it's it's outrageous. I mean, I think about my premiums. I could buy just and getting pretty much zero value, um, get buy a new, you know, Honda Civic or a Volkswagen Jetta every year with just my premiums that I pay, which gets me nothing. Right. So the cost is ridiculous. Um, so but it's a three point five trillion dollar market for a reason. It's 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 ripe for some some shake up. Um, and then them having a way of, of, uh, of a pulpit to help influence with the Washington Post, you know, could be good, could be bad. It really all depends on your view of what their changes are. Right. And I think when it comes to point of views, uh, you know, people, you know, they're going with what impacts their life most of the time. It's like. They're not thinking about necessarily others. They're thinking about, okay, this affects my family. This is my situation, right? Whether it's politics or media or whatnot. So, um, you know, I think it shouldn't be left unchecked. I should think it should be monitored. I think they should be called out, you know, when, the, you know, they step across the line. But um, do I think it's crazy that they, you know, they own a paper? Well, look, I mean, uh, salesforce.com, Mark Benioff and his wife bought, I believe, Time Magazine, right? So that's a huge cloud company. They're in healthcare too, right? They could shape the narrative, right? So um, I think as long as people are aware of, you know, aren't you friends with Benioff? I, I expect <laughs> yeah. to see you. I expect to see you on the cover of Time here. Uh, sure. Yeah. Right. Man well, maybe maybe, maybe maybe our podcast will make it. Uh, uh, exactly. On the cover, our, right. Hey, I think you nailed it. Yep. So, I mean, I would, you know, that wouldn't be a bad thing as long as, well, I was about to say, as long as it doesn't say bad things about us on the front cover, but what do they say? What's the old adage? You know, you know, any press is good press or whatever. But, oh yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll take it. Yeah. We'll take it. Right. So I don't know, man. It's it, certainly they have multiple prongs, but every company, every big company that's trying to change things have lobbyists or, you know, using different mechanisms. Um, what they're doing could be scary, especially if you're a competitor. Like if I'm in the retail pharmacy space, you know, I am concerned. Um, if I'm a provider and I'm not you know, a doctor, when I say provider, um, if I'm a doctor or nurse providing care, uh, I'm not affiliated with the, the Amazon network, you know, it's growing and it could put me at risk. Right. Um, but we also got to weigh that in with this gym is, the amount of providers, doctors and nurses, we're going to hit a critical shortage. So we're going to need technologies like what Amazon, Google and others are putting out with AI to be able to provide solutions. Now, the one thing is, is whether it's Amazon or whoever, I would look at if they're saying they're doing artificial intelligence, I want to know the people behind it. Right. Like 
who is what is the subject matter experts that Amazon's bringing on? And they've brought on some really good folks um, to help lead, you know, you know, Haven, uh, you know, Prime Healthcare. Like, I think so. That's valuable, and the consumer should look at that too. Uh, but I, man, I, I see a lot of people falling into this by default because they're already ordering everything from their life from Amazon. Um, to Do you think Amazon telling, could ever offer healthcare to their members? Absolutely, absolutely. Without, I mean, uh, sorry. I, I, let me let me rephrase that. Could, okay. Could they offer? Yes. Yeah, so, as a provider, I could absolutely see them having a network of healthcare professionals. So. Yep. But that's not let let me, because because healthcare gets paid for by insurance pretty much. Healthcare so, is paid for by the people that fund that insurance. So it's correct. Like me so as that, that's that's where I'm going. Yeah. Think of yeah. it. Think of it as so today, if you're one of those 600,000 employees, you can take advantage of this great product of you know, and I don't know if it's great or not. Mm-hmm. I did interview at Amazon, but. I never got far enough to know about the healthcare benefits, mm-hmm. but but they um, so imagine imagine them you know extending that to their employees and let's let's just assume that they have a good healthcare plan for those all those employees they have to be competitive I would guess yeah so but imagine if they could extend the healthcare benefit to the prime member that's what I'm that's where I believe they're going. I so ins- insurance for their prime members. Yes. Is that what you're thinking? Yes. So here's 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 the two. Absolutely, I feel like that's the way they're going to go. Yeah. Right? They're going to be insurance, you know, and they'll have to make sure they can do it in the different states they that they provide it. But absolutely, I feel like that is the way they are going. So and, competing, but that that's competing against the payer in, in a oh, way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Because they're saying we're changing the model. Right. Now the question is: Is there's lots of large company. We talk about pools of employees, right? Does yep. Nike, you know, you know, sign up for the Amazon, you know, you know, healthcare, you know, for Haven Healthcare, right? <laughs> or yeah, or, or or Boeing or Qualcomm, right, right. whoever. Right. So it, you know. And Walmart's the biggest uh, company in the world. From yeah, so I don't see Walmart employees doing it, right? Walmart will probably offer their own, right? Because yeah. they already have the in-store stuff now. They're kind of two things. When I when I was looking at evaluating healthcare, I looked at two things. One is like the day-to-day healthcare stuff. Going to the doctor, my provider exams, et cetera, right? I get sick, somebody gets the flu, et cetera, et cetera. The one that kind of always scares me is it's the one that ruins your life, which is you come down with cancer or something like that. You have something game-changing. That's not the type of cost that most people, the very few, can absorb, right? Sure. So, like, when I think about my day-to-day, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have – I would be a cash pay guy, right? Because going to the doctor, like, what I pay, you know, paying, you know, enough to buy a car every year and getting nothing in return, that's not really valuable to me, right? I'd rather just, you know, somebody's sick, just pay that out cash, right? That's a better, de- that's a better value for me. But yeah, the average the average healthy person, which is most people, uh, you know, they, they don't need all this stuff. It's the it's the people that have problems. They right. need the help. They need the coverage. They need the right. But that's, that's the cost in the system as well. Yeah, they used to call it like catastrophe insurance or something. I forget what it's called. Um, but yeah. 
Exactly. That doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> it's now the high deductible plans is the norm just to get you into protecting, you know, ruining your life financially. Right. Yeah. And so Amazon and these other ones, there's, there's a lot of these things springing up, these retail ones like uh, Forward or I forget some of the names that, you know, several of them sprung up in San Diego where it's like you're paying $100 per person per month and you're covered for all your doctors and some labs and stuff like that, but no hospitalization. So it's kind of a different category. Once you go to a hospitalization, that's when, you know, it costs you big time, right? But they're taking care of your day-to-day preventative and your kind of acute needs. So, I and I think they'll be successful. Amazon can take care of that sector. I'm wondering if they're willing to have the stomach to take care of or figure out a way where people can have these extremely high deductible plans so for the game-changing events um, and offer kind of extremely low-cost health insurance. That will be the game-changer because... Um, you know, certainly as a consultant, I, I see that as a, a big cost. No kidding. Uh, so, the one, comparing, so, very, so comparing Amazon, yep. you, we mentioned Walmart cause they're, they're, they're like a million person company. Um, who else could, um, who else do you see that could compete with Amazon or disrupt what Amazon's trying to do? Um, you know, there's only three or four companies now with this, you know, near trillion dollar market cap. You know, it's yeah. Apple, it's Amazon, it's Google, Microsoft. And, you know, Microsoft is interesting, too. Um, so so is there anyone besides them that can um, that would have a have a chance here? Well, I mean, again, you need to think big, big employee boot. But, you know, you take like. There are certain components that Amazon has already successfully done. A pharmacy component, super critical. So a pharmacy player has to come into whatever bundle you come in with. A very large um, base, right? Uh, You know, employee base is another one. So it's got to be significant. and, you know, because I think of automotive, you know, automotive certainly has a big ecosystem. Uh, unfortunately, automotive also is heavy, heavily unionized. And so that makes it difficult for them to, you know, especially different factions to agree. So that would be, a, I think, early tough rub to do. But I would, I would think big company, some sort of retail pharmacy. I would think of somebody that does have kind of a portfolio of, of uh, grocery or shopping involved. So maybe you tie in a, a Walmart. I mean, Walmart is actually a really good target for somebody because they have footprint. They are, what people don't understand is they fill a ton of prescriptions. So I believe, you know, it's been a long time, but uh, since I had this data, but Walmart or McKesson was the number one provider of medications suppliers to Walmart. And they were pushing a ton. So um, that is a component. They're now offering in-store clinics, right? They have a lot of cash pays at, at, uh, at Walmart. So now you've got kind of a different demographic of, of, of self-pays, right? Um, they are really interesting. Um, and I would, I would look out for them. And, you know, does a uh, Humana 
I mean, do is there a kind of a payer that 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 uh, acquires or they do a merger? It, that's a really great question, and I think something will come to pass in the next you know 24 months. Hmm. Well, uh, anything so, else you want to add to the yeah. Amazon topic? Yeah, one one more thing that we haven't really talked about, which is content. You alluded to it with uh, when you talked about Audible, which by the way uh, I love Audible. Um, is medical content, right? They do it with Amazon, you know, Amazon Prime, you get movies, et cetera, et cetera, right? But medical content could now start coming to come to pass, patient education. Um, so think about it is if I was Amazon Pill Pack, or now they call it Amazon, uh, Amazon Pharmacy, they just, I think they just relabeled, but I got a medication from them, and typically I get a piece of paper that tells me, you know, don't you know take with medicine or take with bread or whatever they could have a short video on this and i could i could watch it on amazon you know my amazon prime subscription right it could be about my chronic condition so if they know i don't have copd but let's say i did have copd there could be some education on that they could take that content either they license it or that what i think they will eventually do is buy the content buy a, a patient education content player and bring that in and then provide that to the consumer and um, as, as, as value add. Like they're, they're a big content player. So hmm. the other thing, the one last thing they could do, um, which is, so Apple's made a move where they have the Apple credit card now, right? Yep. Amazon could inject themselves into this market and also into the uh, clearinghouse of claims. So it's called claim adjudication. And so when you when a doctor sends in a bill uh, for what he did on you, the clinic clinical codes for that, and then he gets paid back for that. So there's this adjudication process. Amazon could buy a company in there and inject themselves there. So now they have all this claims data about what's going on with you, right? Even more health information. So if you want to be scared about them getting this information, they could get even more information about you, right? So uh, that is one other play that I think they could do. So lots they can do. This is, you know, Amazon is mind-boggling as I think about all the tentacles they could do and they can do it credibly now. So as I've worked with customers that are outside of healthcare that are thinking about getting into healthcare because it's a $3.5 trillion market, they, you know, I always talk about kind of like credibility, like where are they coming from and how they would get into healthcare without, you know, because you know, some XYZ company that you may buy a, a good and service from locally if they've got nothing healthcare and all of a sudden they're buying a doctor practice, you're going to be kind of like, what? Right. So you have to have credibility. And Amazon's done that now. Whoever's going to jump in next needs to figure out a way to ease their way in aggressively, but that has a credible path in. So um, I think that's kind of a, a key piece. All right. Any small guys that could do this? Any small guys like who? Who, who you I don't think? know, someone disruptive. Do, do you see anybody coming out of the blue? Um, you, you know, the, the, the characteristics that, that we described today, there's only a few players that meet those 
requirements, those standards. You know, you got hundreds of thousands of employees. You just have a certain critical mass. Um, well, you know, is there any disruption coming from the bottom up? I guess is yeah. that you might see. All right, so. I think those guys will be, you know, it could be players that are going to be components of that. So AI, AI, AI nope. player, right. They're going to be acquired. Yeah. Now, the one thing we didn't mention, and, I, and it's probably, I need to do a little homework on because I haven't looked too closely, is on Facebook. Because Facebook was one of the bidders for Fitbit, right? Yeah. And I kind of like to know what they're thinking. I mean, I know from a connectivity and communications platform they, what they've been thinking, but I'd like to know what the heck they're thinking with that acquisition, you know, a possible acquisition. So, you know, user's behavior. Because I have heard them uh, bantered about in mental health, right? And which is another topic for another day for us, and we should delve into to mental health. Um, but I'd like to know what they're doing. Of course, they're not a small guy, right? Um, but no, that's not your. The, 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 and and also, they're um, they have the trust concerns. Yeah, uh, have have not been the most trustworthy company. Um, well, all of these guys have gotten ding for one. You know, Google certainly. You know, Amazon to some degree. Facebook, big time, right? Um, you know, Apple's the only one that's been fighting the FBI trying to keep their stuff private and they don't sell you you're not the product so yeah it's just i think apple's healthcare um i'm not saying they have a great strategy i'm just saying they're more credible in that space given the way they handle people's information let's put it that way right they seem to defend privacy at a different tier right so um it is super interesting. I've actually just in the past couple of days, because I've never really done it before, is done looking at Facebook and the analytics. Because uh, as I was, I just set up a Facebook page for us for this show for this podcast, Unwired. It's now on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, so please, uh, um, here's a gratuitous, um, you know, cause call for action, but to go like it, like our. You Facebook know what that's page. called, Ben? That's called a native ad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, but you know, I was looking at kind of the analytics platform cause they're like, Hey, this, this is what you need to do to promote your, you know, promote your posting, your page, et cetera. And it was, it was pretty granular. Uh, I was pretty impressed and actually pretty surprised and also maybe a little scared, um, by it. Um, and I bet you Google is, is equally as deep, right? So, yeah. um, you know, one of the topics we do need to talk about is true privacy, and data rights, um, and you and I have experience with this data rights issue, and uh, and I think it'd be important to pull in some clips from some other folks in, around data, data privacy and data rights, because uh, this is a growing topic. So maybe uh, maybe next time or a show in the not too distant future, we could we could chat about that. But that's kind of all I have for Amazon. Um, super interesting company. Um, um, you know, not. Uh, endorsing or not endorsing them, I just think they what they have done is disruptive. Um, they've gone at it, you know, remarkably well, in my opinion. Um, and it's gonna it's gonna be crazy to see what else they do. I, I'm I uh, move from you know skeptic to you know someone that believes they will succeed. 
Well, I can safely say you delivered on your topic of the day. Uh, it was very interesting. I learned a lot. Um, it was a good discussion. Uh, I think that I think there's a lot that's going to happen here that we need to keep a very close eye on. But it was fun and uh, enjoyed the conversation as always, Ben. Um, appreciate it. Anything else before we wrap up? Uh, no, I just want to, you know, thank the folks that have been listening to our podcast um, and, uh, you know, remind them to leave feedback, show suggestions. We definitely are interested in chatting about topics that are important to you. Um, and I want to say thank you. That's it. All right, Ben. You have a, you have a good day. Thanks for the chat. All right. Take care, Jim. Forty-seven millionaires on a ship with marble squares leaking up their lollipops. No one ever interrupts. Forty-seven millionaires on a ship with marble squares playing with their teddy bears, talking about the rising fares. Forty-seven millionaires on a ship with marble squares whistling to the favorite song. Dancing, laughing all night long Forty-seven millionaires On a ship with marble squares Praying to the morning sun Talking with their golden tongue And I wished I was one of them And I wished I was one of them I'd love to be a millionaire I wished I had a golden mare And I would waste my precious time squares there was a wave that killed them all and now the lollipops are gone 47 millionaires on a ship with marble squares traveling to the nowhere land where nasty pleasures never end and i wished i was one of them and i wished i was one of them they tell me how can it be that my set you free tell me how can it be that money can set you tell me how can it be that money can set you free tell me how can it be that money can set you money can set you free I'd love to be a millionaire I wish I had a gold mare and I would waste my precious time by looking